It's uh, the all-new way to wake up across the Central West in Matho and Aloe, and uh, we are on our thanks to Dubbo Real Estate Agency. Uh, if you're planning on buying, renting or selling, make sure you give them a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matho, I want to talk to you about uh, the beauty and the glorious world of online shopping. Oh, it's a wonderful world. Um, it is good. I mean, look, I'm all about supporting local, but sometimes when you buy things online, you can source things you can't normally get anywhere else. Well, that's where you go to. You know, yeah. if you can't find it in town, uh, yeah. you go online. My mum one time um, bought a barbecue online because they live on a regional property, so you know it's really convenient to buy stuff online. I think she spent uh, 600 bucks on a barbecue or something, and then this glorious... Like two and a half thousand dollar barbecue sends up because the manufacturer that she bought it from swapped the order around, gave her like the premium product for the six hundred bucks. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole debate whether or not you know the ethical thing of whether or not you should tell them that you've got the extra thing or not. Mum did tell them. She's, she's a nice woman. She she rang up and said, "Hey, I only ordered a six hundred dollar barbecue. You sent me this one." Um, and the company was gracious and says they said, "You know what." Your honesty, we're going to reward you. We're going to give you this barbecue, right? That's lovely. Yeah, I know. And so mum got to keep it. It was a glorious, awesome barbecue. I, you know, I wouldn't have had any problems with having a barbecue like that at home. Yeah. Anyway, one woman has done an order online and she's going viral after ordering a pair of Levi jeans. Mm -hmm. Guess what showed up? I'm hoping a pair of Levi jeans. No. (laughs) No, well. A bag of brown onions. Ah, yes. The old switcher. You get them confused at the Levi's factory. Uh, one conveyor belt, jeans, the other one's onions. It's been like how that for years. How does that happen? They're, they're not even the same industry. One's food and one's like clothing and fashion. I don't know. You like to think of the two the two workers at the at the factory. Steve, have you got those jeans? No, just a bag of onions. Ah, oh, that'll do. You were so t- when talking they, about chocolate ripple cake before. Yes, and which you, I'm going to make you, for the family for Christmas. My family, my wife's family don't appreciate it, but my family do. Yeah. Take that in, laws. So, um, it's Matthew and Aloe for breakfast, by the way, on Triple <laughs> We're talking best biscuits. Yeah. No. Uh, where do you tell people to go when they come to Dubbo? The first place is probably the zoo. Yeah. And then maybe the jail, things like that. But uh, I'd say the RFDS. One on the list, though, that we uh, always say and manage to get my family around is the Japanese gardens. Oh, yeah, nice. Go feed the fish, the koi, the ducks. When I first come here, the Japanese gardens were there, and now there's the adventure park next to it. Yep. That whole little precinct there has come along. It's amazing. Uh, they've got their prehistoric walk and all that type of thing. Mm. It's unreal. Is that uh, the one where you go in the, the – ca- it's like a big – you walk up that hill and it's all, like, leftover grown and stuff? It's kind of like a – yeah. Wilderness Park sort of a thing. Yeah. If I hadn't been going to ask, I probably would have investigated it more. But uh, <laughs> like, I know there's the Adventure Playground. I know there's well, I know the Adventure Because I'm, I'm dragged to the Adventure Playground. But in the beginning, that's where you went. You went to the Japanese Gardens. Yeah. Um, they're celebrating their 20th anniversary. 20 years already? Yeah. And I tip my hat to them. They do such a great job. And they're having a bit of a... I wanted to give them a bit of a shout-out because they're having a bit of a fling on uh, this Saturday between 4.30pm and 8.30pm. It is free to go. It's unbelievable. Has anyone been to the um, Dubbo Gardens over there in Shenyon, Japan? What, over... Well, I'm assuming city. we've got our own garden over oh, there in our city. Oh, you reckon city. they gave us this beautiful They gave Japanese, us a garden. And then, so we, we, then yeah. we gave them a, a Dubbo garden. Full of red dirt. <laughs> red dirt. It's got broadleaf weeds.
Trevor Long from EFTM.com on the phone right now, Matho. Yeah, what's going on with all this cyber hacking security stuff? I mean, Optus have been hacked. Medibank have been hacked. Is this the start of a new era where we're just going to see hackers just releasing We're going to know everything about everyone because all their information has yeah. been released. Yeah, this is, this is what I think we should call the open era. We should just... Uh, we should just openly talk about everything we know about each other and we know about ourselves just so that there's, there's no, no actual value to the data. It's actually the, it's actually the one way we could devalue the, the ransoms is if there was no concern around privacy. I know yeah. it sounds lunacy, but essentially the, the risk to Medibank customers, as an example, is not, well, Medibank's not going to pay the ransom. The hacker wants money. So they're either going to sell the data or use it themselves to try and um, scam individuals. And what they'll do is they'll in, email individuals and say, I've got your health data. The only reason you'd hand over that data is if you fear it being made public. Yeah. So the biggest thing we can do is actually just to democratise that, that fear and make it so that it, there is no fear. It, it's no risk. Uh, I don't care what I learn about you, bloke. I hope you don't care what you learn about me through any hack. Um, and I hope we don't you know, change our opinions of our mates or our, our employees or our peers. Um, that's going to take some time to really kind of normalise that kind of thing. What we really should be doing is getting now a conversation around government and what they should be doing. Bigger penalties, much bigger penalties. Yeah. Because in the end, I've spoken to people in the security community, um, the fact is that the, 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 the fines here are a couple of million bucks. Oh, yeah. That's, that's an easier risk to take than spending the many, many millions to actually properly lock down our system. So when the fines are less than the risk, you may as well just run the roll the dice. So we are going to see more hacks. We are going to see more data breaches. We are going to see more ransoms because it's kind of the way of the way of the day. Yeah, you can learn about my medical history if you want to have a good cry. That's fine with me. Um, now, I want to know about uh, Muskie. He's, uh, he's bought Twitter. And uh, I don't know, it's got some mixed reviews All so over far. The place. He's literally... Uh, setting fire to it. It's it's hilarious to watch. So one of the things about Twitter for a long time was this idea of verification. A user gets a blue tick if they're if they're a valid person, a real person. So mm. the idea was there'd be a real CNN so that no one could create a fake CNN um, because there was a lot of imitation going on in the early days. So on the uh, last week, late last week, Elon implemented a new thing called Twitter Blue, 12 bucks a month and you get verified. So it immediately set the cat amongst the pigeons and I'm oh, partly yeah. responsible here. I got one of my burner accounts and I renamed it and I paid the $12 and I became Carl Stefanovic with a blue tick. And <laughs> I followed politicians. I tweeted that Trevor Long was the greatest tech expert in the land. You know, just average things that Carl would say. I mean, no one would have confused that. Yeah. Um, and it was so easy. It was so easy to fool people. Uh, and the, I'm just, you know, I'm just being an idiot with Carl. In America, there was people being George Bush and saying unbelievable things about the Iraq war. <laughs> there was one person that pretended to be a pharmaceutical company, yeah. suggested that one of their drugs would be free. And the actual pharmaceutical company had to dispute that on Twitter and their stock price plummeted. Oh, so my goodness. Advertisers <laughs> are running for the hills away from Twitter. The place is losing money hand over fist. Um, it has very few staff left. It's phenomenal to, to look at this thing. Uh, and, and Elon's style of management clearly doesn't resonate with a lot of people. Uh, let's just quickly talk about one of the biggest uh, openings of the year. It wasn't the movie Top Gun and it wasn't Doctor Strange or any of put those, put, Mate, put those two together and it, wasn't, well, it was bigger than those. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. $800 million at the box office in the opening three days, oh, which what? is bigger than Top Gun and Doctor Strange combined at the cinemas. I That's how big gaming is, folks. Modern Warfare 2 came out ages ago. This is the new version, mate. Wow. The new, new Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, because it's a reboot. Isn't it? Or so that's right. So modern, Call of Duty changes every year, and they have three different studios that make it, and Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, uh, this is the second iteration of them. And it's bigger than all those movies. Wow. Bigger than all those movies combined. That's how many people are willing to shell out the cash for a computer game. So, yeah, yeah it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't realise just how big the games industry is. 
Yeah, my uh, 19-year-old goes to work, comes home, plays that game, then goes to work. I don't think he's been asleep <laughs> since it came out. Well, as long as he's uh, upping, upping his ranking and uh, getting some, some wins, that's all that matters, isn't it? That's all that matters, isn't it? I played Rainbow Siege once, um, <laughs> discovered how vile the online community was because I was a beginner and uh, have never played it since. Yeah, <laughs> very, I, I got very very bagged every five one, seconds. For that reason, they've, they've uh, made it a little bit more closely matched when you pair up with people <laughs> online. So, But the online community is still vile. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Trevor. Cheers, lad. Dubbo's new way to wake up. Matho and Aloe on 93.5 Triple M. Dougal Saunders, Dougal, you've been a busy man on the weekend out and about. Yeah, there's always something happening somewhere. And look, at obviously rain has had an impact on a lot of things yes. again. Um, but uh, look, one of the big news stories that we've obviously is happening as of today is around pharmacists being able to do more than they have ever before. And obviously during COVID, I think we all saw how valuable pharmacists are. They were doing lots of COVID injections, whether it was your first, second or third vaccine. Pharmacists played a huge role. And during my little broadcast of of what was happening when, I had uh, pharmacists involved quite often because they were a really good touch point for people because people really do like and trust their pharmacists. So as of today more vaccines are available, more medications. There'll be special training opportunities for pharmacists to even upgrade further so they can do more, basically filling out scripts for you so you don't need to go to a GP because as you and I know, sometimes it can be pretty hard to get to see your local GP and particularly if you're new to an area. So this is about reducing that strain on GPs and saying, yeah, well, look, we love our local pharmacist. Um, If it's a simple medication upgrade you need or a new script, they know what you're on. They know all of those sort of specifics you can't have this drug with that drug all that sort of stuff that's their business so today's a big day for pharmacists and a, a really a really good opportunity for them to take up some of that strain that we know that uh that the gps are facing yeah so uh, uh, so just to get that clear because that, that is a big deal getting into your doctor at the moment is yes nigh on impossible if you've got a uh, pharmacist that that you that you know you're regular with and you've got a regular medication you can ask them at, at, at least ask the question whether or not they can provide new scripts yeah exactly and look what we're doing from today i guess what we're saying is there's there's a trial now to allow pharmacists to prescribe specific medication and one of the ones that's a really common one is urinary tract infection uh, medication so so antibiotics for that so they will be able to do that there's a trial happening from today just to make sure it works well and then there'll be a pilot for other trained pharmacists to then start prescribing medications Mm. for a range of other things and and i think that'll be really important but one of the big ones and we've talked about this previously is japanese encephalitis so from today pharmacists can give that injection that vaccine and with the mozzie outbreaks that we're seeing, that's going to be really important. So, you know, all, all of those things that we can add to, hep A, hep B, um, polymyelitis, uh, typhoid injections, things that you normally have to go to your GP, pharmacists will be able to do it from now. This is good news, and uh, especially in regional areas where there's not a lot <coughs> of uh, access to doctors mm, and their books are already really closed. Bad, so. Yeah. Yeah, it can help people out. Uh, Dougald, uh, more talk and whispers and rumours going around about NRL in our region. Yeah, look, NRL, um, I can confirm uh, that, that uh, South Sydney is not coming back to Dubbo. There's been probably a little bit of misinformation about how that's sort of come about, and I've, I've had a few yarns to a few people. Um, Dubbo Regional Council and the staff there have played an incredible role in making sure that the, the last two years of the games we've had with the Bunnies have been huge successes. In the meantime, um, there was an opportunity to sign South Sydney up to another game and probably another couple of games before they played their second game in May of this year. Mm. Now that didn't 
didn't happen. I couldn't guarantee council at that particular point in time that there would be money from the state government, but there is a fund there, and other uh, councils took up the opportunity to sign up uh, to sign up clubs again before there was a funding opportunity there. Uh, in this case, Dubbo Regional Council chose not to do it, but um, you know, in the meantime, I'm now pushing ahead and trying to make sure we have an NRLW game. That's something I'm working on really closely with the NRL right now. Uh, we saw the men's draw come out the other day. Um, there'll be a bit of news around around Mudgee, uh, and I'm hoping we'll get an NRLW game uh, that we'll be able to announce in the not-too-distant future. Not a guarantee, uh, but again, there's funding opportunities there. Uh, and the uplift economically for having a, a game like the NRL has been between 2 and, and $3 million for Dubbo. For Mudgee, it's about two, you know, up to up to two million dollars. So right. the more we can do, the the better opportunity there is for our regions. Hey, Dougal, I know you're busy. I know you've got places to go. How long and is left to get the uh, Christmas card competition sorted? Look, it's it's basically done. There'll be a few late uh, entries coming in, I reckon, this week. We've sort of closed the books, but I think mm. a lot of schools have been a little bit rushed this year. So we'll we'll have a bit of a an influx. Just get them into my office as soon as you can, and we'll be announcing a winner probably in the next week. Dougal Saunders, thank you so much for your time this morning and looking forward to my card this year. Hopefully I don't find it three months later in the P.O. box like I did last year. Let's hope not. Thanks, boys. Talk to you soon. Federal Member for Parks, Mark Colton, on the phone. Yes, Mark, is Forbes in your electorate? No, Forbes is not. But once you go west of Forbes, just past Bajerabong, uh, it becomes in my electorate. Mm. So Condoblin is. Uh, and at the moment, Condoblin's isolated or about to be. And uh, you can't even get from the airstrip into the town of... Um, Condoble at the moment, then wow. further out uh, to Lake Cajoligo, uh and uh, a lot of the farmland out there because it just the further out you go, the flatter it is, and, uh, and it just spreads out. And yeah. so uh, there's a lot of flooding, and that's. I and mean, then you go in my lake, but you go from every river from there right up to Queensland, and uh, uh, you know there was uh, another peak going through the Namoi River into Gunnedah and Narrabri. Walgett is isolated. Um, uh, Burke, uh, you know, right along the Darling. Even just looking at some of the photos uh, of, of Burke, um, there's photos of that. I don't know if you've seen that big. It's not like a jetty, but it's just a... It kind of is a jetty. It's right up yeah. under that, which is... That's like 10, 12 metres off the normal water level in the river. It's yeah. Just... yeah, it's it's actually quite magnificent at Burke. Uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, sort of billabongs that fill in, in low-lying areas as well. And so, uh, you know, in... It's a it's a mixed blessing, Alan. Like in some, obviously yeah. you got the devastation with the crops and the houses, but in the, a lot of that western country, um, it's just exactly what was needed after uh, you know so many uh, extra dry years, and uh, so it's really you know replenishing uh, the the water tables and the subsoil moisture and the like. But unfortunately, it's doing a lot of damage as it goes through. So, what sort of assistance do we have for people who may be struggling from the government? Look, it's it's uh, it's uh, shy by shy, but every every council in my electorate is uh, is receiving some sort of assistance, and uh, some of it um, is uh, delivered through Services Australia through Centrelink, uh, and uh, and some of the rural uh, type assistance uh, loans and, uh, uh, and grants, I should say, uh, is done through the Rural Assistance Authority. So, on my web page, there's a there's a sort of a if you go to the link, there's a page of of what's available in each council area. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of the people who have been impacted directly, uh, you know, can get uh, grants uh, of $1,000 uh, per adult and 400 per child uh, for sort of emergency um, uh, situations like that. And then uh, going right through now to, uh, you know, there's, there's grants for 
primary producers to you know repair infrastructure. Mark, I'm 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 sure you know you're getting heckled in the background there by some pterodactyl. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, just quickly, what what if any advice have been given sort of more broadly in the government about when this is expected to kind of end? Yeah. Look, um, no, you know it's it's um, uh, a dangerous thing to try and predict the weather, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I, you know, the, the bureau are sort of saying that the, the this La Nina, uh, which is, you know, we've had floods before. We probably didn't have them. Uh, probably not recognising the the conditions, sort of global conditions that that cause the, uh, you know, the the atmosphere to be as it is. But uh, we, we could be expect this, I think, till Christmas time in one form or another. Uh, and that's sort of what people are thinking about. And I noticed that. Uh, uh, the Steph Cook, the New South Wales Minister, now is reaching out to uh, New Zealand and other countries uh, looking for uh, help to, uh, to to come in with emergency services because these people are getting really fatigued. But the other issue is that with the prolonged wet weather, the, the roads have just deteriorated. Anyone that's driven around knows that. The real problem is that um, you can't fix a road when it's underwater uh, mm. and it, you can't fix a, a road when it's slosh and mud. And so the councils really are very frustrated because even if they've got the crews and the teams and, and, you know, they've got access to money because of those disaster declarations, the money's flowing through from from the state and federal government. Um, They just can't get out there because it's raining every week. Watch this space. Federal Member Parks, Mark Colton, thank you so much for your time this morning and... uh where to from here? Rebuild, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, we're just, I think we're in the middle of it still. Um, so, we'll, you know, things will play out. I, I, uh, I had to, you know, I've done a lot of extra miles, you know, dodging um, uh, closed roads and things just to get around and do my job at the moment. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have been disadvantaged. But anyway, that's, uh, uh, we can only deal with what we've been given. And uh, at the moment, um, until the sun comes out for a couple of weeks, we're going to be battling with this, uh, this issue. Steve Price.